It's been a while, but I'm back. Welcome to another episode of the Roundly Outside Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well and enjoying your days. Um, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've done one of these. Um, I think it's been, I think, over a month now, uh, which I'm sorry for, by the way. It's not been the not been the best month for me in terms of being able to uh, produce content. Uh, but now we're coming towards Christmas. We're coming towards the end of the year. Um, so... Yeah, just want to send early happy holidays to you guys. Um, whatever you celebrate, I think Christmas, Hanukkah. Um, so yeah, happy holidays to you guys. Uh, and I've got some very, I've got some very um, exciting news to share. I'll share this with you guys later. But we've got a lot to dive into. However, before I dive into any of that, I'm going to live the, the um, yeah, my 2023 not. Spotify wrapped, but the wrapped for my podcast has come out. So l- let me explain. So you know how on Spotify they give you to, at the end of the year they give you your wrap, so they give you an- analytics and how that's come out for everyone. Well, they've given that to me for my podcast uh, for twenty twenty three, and I'm gonna open it and explore it right uh, live uh, while I'm recording this. Let's do it. Okay, explore. Okay, so what are we looking at? Wait, it's just loading up now. Should probably thought about this a little better. Okay, right, 2023 wrapped. Uh, it's a pretty cool title screen. Around the outside, that is me. Let's go. Okay, 2023 people are really, really feeling what you do. Okay, oh, I have to press this thing. <laughs> oh, my bad. Oh, no, that's, that's the wrong button. Okay. Let's see. Pretty few people really think what you do. Ready? Let's take it from the top. Okay, let's go. Speaking of top, your top episode was oh, so my top episode was the tips and tricks for going to cricket matches, uh, which and also the Danny Rick one. The one this was the one I did after I came back from the UK, and I did the Headingley and uh, went to the Ashes and everything. So that was streamed four hundred and thirty six percent. Wow. It was streamed 436% more than my average episode. Wow. All right. And then, this is a, this is a really cool graphics. Let's hear it for the new fans. All right. 78% of your listeners discovered you in 2023. Oh, thank you so much, guys. That's insane. Right. Tips and tricks for going to career matches. And that, that one, that most popular episode. 30% of your new listeners started right here. Oh, wow. That's quite a lot. How does it feel to have gone global? I don't know. How long does it feel to have gone global? All right. Let's see. Oh, it's still loading. All right. Oh, my God. All right. It doesn't say the amount of countries, but I'm going to read them out here. United States. United King. United States is my most, uh, my top country. United Kingdom. India, Philippines, Australia, Sweden, Guernsey, Mexico, Spain, Canada, Netherlands, New Zealand, Slovakia, Jersey, Croatia, Iceland, and Thailand. That's a lot. I mean, ob- I mean, obviously not a lot of them are coming from like Philippines, Thailand, and all of that. But that's insane. Wow. Oh my god. That's so cool. Uh, but the US and UK were my top countries. No real surprises there. Hey, right. Let's see. What is my next one? 
Okay, so the countries when we've done that. Uh, not, yeah. Okay. You have the most new listeners in the United States, India, and the United Kingdom, which are my new, which are my, the three biggest countries for my podcast. Okay. You listen to a good taste, obviously. So what else are they into? Okay, I get to find more about you guys. All right. Your listeners' top podcast genres were sports, comedy, and health and fitness. Okay, that's kind of interesting. Your listeners' top music genres were pop, filmy, and rap. Oh, right, that's, that's also kind of interesting. I'm more of a pop guy as well. Uh, your listeners definitely told their friends about you. Oh, you're shy. Yeah, it's just share. All right. Your podcast was shared all over 42% WhatsApp, 33% direct link, 8% Facebook. <laughs> And 8% text, and then 9%, I think, other other platforms. Uh, in fact, your most shared episode was the the 100 one. So when the ashes ended, and then we, and then the 100 started, the 100 preview thing. Uh, podcast reading was a 5.0 from over four, from 14 people. Wow, that's, thank you so much, guys. Thanks so much for everyone who left a review. I can't feel the love. Okay, uh, and... This year, you're more. You did. Your listeners did more than uh, just listen. They got talking. You published seven polls uh, with six with an average of six votes per poll. Wow. Hey. Okay. So yeah. Um. For you guys who don't notice, I post polls. Um. At, mo- at the end of most of my podcasts, when I talk about a big topic, just to get you guys' opinions. Um. I will start reviewing them later on. Uh. But for that, we need a couple more polls. So I really appreciate if you guys could, uh, go to uh, where you guys put your responses with Spotify Q&A and uh, vote on those polls because it really gives me data and it can give me new stuff for the next episode. Okay, next one. You created 10 Q&As, which received 40 responses. Wow. 40, okay, that's that's massive. Thank you, uh, by the way, thank you guys so much for uh, responding to these Q&As. I'm trying to get you guys involved as much as possible. Uh, so please keep doing that. And thank you so much for everyone who's uh, put, up, put out their questions. Are you a gardener? No, I'm not actually. Because your podcast saw some ninth growth. Because because your podcast saw some nice growth this year, plus twenty seven percent streams, plus one hundred ninety three percent followers, and plus seven and plus seventy three percent listeners. Wow, that's nice. Our podcast is really growing in twenty twenty three. Can't forget to give a shout out to your biggest fans. Of course not. You're a top 10 podcast for 61 fans. Wow. Hey, that's a lot. Your top five podcasts for 53. Drum roll, please. Oh. Your number one podcast for 20, 25 fans. Now, for those who you think that's not a lot, it is a lot because what? Because a lot of people listen to multiple podcasts and they don't really, to be a number 10 or number five or, or number one podcast, you have to listen to that a lot of times. So those pe- for those people, thank you so much for that. Uh, that means a lot. Uh, and yeah, for everyone who, e- even if you're not on the it's not number 10, number five, number one for you guys. Thank you so much for, for uh, still listening anyway. All right, let's see. Top fans listen to you 1.2 times more than your other listeners. Oh, yeah, that's well. Okay. 76% joined you for the first time this year. Listen, uh, let's zoom out. What a year, top 10, 61%, top 10, top 53, top podcast, 25. Wow. 
That's insane. And then I get a little sticker. Thank you so much for that. I, 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 that actually makes me feel so happy when I read that. Um, because it really shows that the work I've done to really elevate this podcast, this year especially, has really paid off. What started as me just downloading an app called Anchor and just pressing play and pr- pressing record has gone to this. And I really couldn't... I, I, I know how every YouTuber or TikToker or all these people say it, but it's all about the fans. It's generally like I couldn't have done it without any of you fans. Um, so yeah, a, a massive thank you, uh, and hope and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be better in twenty twenty four. I, I hopefully. Um, but anyway, let's get into the um, the big stories over the last month. I think yeah, uh, there's a lot to cover, uh, including what was it two Grand Prix. Uh, oh, a World Cup final, but that was pretty painful. And also, England's new era coming to a start. It's like, let's start there. Let's start there. Now, what? How do I start this? I I know I've been so, I've been really critical of England, and I've been really critical of how they've played. Or I, I've not been critical of Butler and Mott especially, but I've been critical of the intense lack of in, the lack of intensity from these players. Like we can't be losing to the West Indies. I don't. I we don't need to be saying this a lot of times, and we don't need to. We can't just say all oh, those players lack leadership. They they lack intensity. They lack. They they really just don't want to get injured for their for their um for the IPL. I was like, I think what the mindset is playing for England now. When you look at players like who in players in the squad now, we we could say. We can make as many excuses as we want. We can say, "Oh, uh, we're we're not playing well. We're not we've not got our best players fit. Oh, Roots injured. Oh, we haven't got Ben Stokes. We haven't got um, Mo and Ali. We haven't got our best players. Most of our players are out of form. We just come off a World Cup. We can't be making excuses anymore. It's difficult. It's disappointing. Eh? This is very disappointing. Look at the scorecard for when we batted. For Salt forty five, Jacks twenty six, Crawley forty eight, Duckett twenty. Josh Butler, 3. Livingston, 17. Sam Curran, 38. Yeah, because he didn't... Obviously, Sam Curran didn't really a, a long time. Cast 31-21. Still got a decent coming in the end. But you look at that top four. Come on. Like, look at the starts they made. 45 or 28. Decent strike rate to start with. Gets um quartered um, point. No, that, wait, that, was, that was salt. Will Jacks gets caught behind. Crawley gets run out. Duckett gets bowled. We don't get we get starts. We can't kick on. Look, whatever players we do, there's got to be a little change in mindset. And I don't know why we need a new era or we need to start a new sort of reform to this team. There's no need for a reform. The team we had was fine. It, we haven't playing enough. We haven't been playing enough one day cricket. We can't be expecting immediate results. That's what I'm trying to say. But what I'm trying to say overall is, we can start a new era. We can start all of this. All of this stuff. We can get really hyped up. But look at the West Indies. Look at the way they played in their, when they were batting. Look at the bowling figures we had. Sam Curran went for 98. Brighton Cost went for 73. Rahan Ahmed was probably the pick of the bowlers for me. And Livingston. Atkinson was all right. Um, but I know I know that the blame will go on Joss Butler, but I don't think it should. I think, yeah, Butler's not batting that well. But he shouldn't be able, shouldn't be coming in. What the, 
when when did he come in? Uh, I was playing six. He came in like twenty overs till the end. Butler should be coming in at the start of the third power play earliest because he's all he's got to do is just try and get like like fifty or thirty, and he'll go in the field and he won't be as tired. He's not going to play twenty overs. He's not going to bat twenty overs. We've got to have that extra batter in front. Maybe put Livingston ahead of Butler. Maybe put uh, who else is there? And we have another batter in the, we have another batter in the squad, right? We have another batter ahead of Josh Butler. The one standpoint for this, the one good thing to come of this is Harry Brook. Harry Brook's batted very well. Um, he did some. He's done something where he's deleted all of his Instagram, uh, all his social media apps, just to focus on cricket, which I like. I think that's a really good thing for him, and also because he's got a lot of other cricketers. So we get into that period of his career now, where he's going to play a lot more cricket. So that's very good that he's um sort of taking that initiative, but I don't really know where we go from here. I think there was the same thing after the Ashes where we had a bad Ashes, and then we kept Mott, but we, we we had a semi rebuild, but it didn't really work out. Nothing really changed, um. But until we got McCullum in, and then we got Stokes in, and then we really sort of changed up. But the problem now is the Test team's doing so well. You can't just leave them on their own. You can't just leave Ben Stokes and. McCullum on there, all all isolated. We can't do what we did in um, like when we were really good with the white ball team, we were just isolated. Joe Root, we just focused on white ball cricket. That's not what we should be doing. We should be giving equal focus. Another thing we should do, and this is this is a a pure, a, this is purely opinion opinion based to me, is we should give people time. We should give a lot of other players time. Like, uh, look at the players who didn't do well in the World Cup. Put them in the West Indies squad if they if they're up to it, and then give them some time to sort of get some form back and get a little bit of confidence back. That's what we need after a after World Cup went that bad, and that's just what we need. We just need a little change in confidence. I think obviously this summer we'll get some new prospects in and we'll get a change to the White Bull team. I don't think this is the new team. I think they'll have. I think Joe Root will come back in. I don't think he deserves to come back in, but I, I don't think he's really a White Bull player. But I think he'll come in back for, for Crawley. I think Butler will stay. I'm not sure Mo will come back in. I think Bester will come back in. Um, and I think a couple of the bowlers will come, come in. But on, honestly, this team on paper is not a bad team at all. I think it just needs a change in mindset. And I think it just needs a change in sort of intensity and motivation in terms of playing for England. I think that's, that's all we need. But once we get that... We're back to being one of one of the best for me, the best uh, white ball team in the world. So, uh, what's the other cricket news we have to cover? Oh yeah, so obviously the World Cup we had it was a decent World Cup. It wasn't alright. I, I I won't I won't lie. It wasn't the sort of World Cup that I imagined it would be. I mean, yeah, the final was alright, and there were a couple of good games in between. But I I read this article from um Stephen Finn. And it was saying what what needs to revit, change needed to revitalize the tournament. It doesn't need to be revitalized. I think they have a different format for South Africa, which is, um, I think it's six, yeah, fourteen teams, and it'll be two groups of seven, and then I'll have a super six, and then there'll be a semi final and final. That's for South Africa twenty twenty seven, but I think it's just that the teams are so unevenly matched. Like, look at the um. Wait, let me look at my predictions. So. As you guys know, I made predictions for the World Cup, and if you look at if you look at the table, actually, 
and you, you look at the um the actual table it's a little bit far off but it's not that far off like uh sri lanka got four points uh india got or india got what 18 i i predicted them to get 10 uh hey um afghanistan got eight i predicted them to get six bangladesh got four i, I, I predicted that uh pakistan got eight i predicted eight um england got six i predicted them to get ten uh new zealand got uh, new zealand got ten i predicted them to get six um australia got 14 i predicted them to get 12 and south africa got 12 i predicted them to get four um south africa got 14 i predicted them to get 12. so obviously it's not completely accurate but you see my point it's pretty predictable it's very predictable to see where the teams end up. What I think we need is pretty similar to the um, to how they do it in in football, where you have the qualifiers, and then you have a sort of I think some sort of round of sixteen stage and a quarterfinal and semifinal and final. You have more knockout games because then that's what that's where the real fun begins. You don't just have a bunch of group games. You have a small group stage with with this ten. Let's say they have. Let's say we have 12. We have three groups of four. Actually, no, that won't work. Let's say we have 16. We have 16 teams. We pick the 16 best in the rankings, and we do four groups of four, top two from each advance, and we have a, and then we have a quarterfinal. That, that's, that's a fun format. That's a format that's engaging. And I think that's that's a format that people will want to watch. Like, forget um, 40 over. We don't need that sort of stuff. We need We can keep 50 over cricket. But we need a format of a we need a proper World Cup format that will be engaging for viewers and will get readers actually watching it casually. I think that's what I think that's the problem cricket has, and especially because there's a um, I think especially because there's a twenty twenty four World Cup in the US, they're not going to want to see some like a bunch of group games and then not many knockout games. They need games that will actually engage a viewer and be like, oh well, this is I maybe this cricket's for me. That's what we need. I don't. I don't think they'll do that because obviously the ICC are mostly controlled by the BCCI, and more teams for that. More teams in the World Cup means and you'll get less money and also have less chance of winning. Um, but I, it's something I like. Maybe for the Olympics they could do that. I don't know. Um, or maybe actually, what my my other thought was is that considering the Olympics, why don't you make it a fifty over tournament and then you just get rid of the World Cup? Because the T Twenty World Cup's already not bad. The Test World Championships driving, I'd say it's not that bad. Maybe you get rid of the either the T Twenty World Cup or the One Day World Cup. I would say keep the One Day World Cup because that has history. Get rid of the T Twenty World Cup. Make that the Olympics, so the Olympics is more important, and then have that as the sort of the sort of big event. Yeah, and you don't have just six teams. You have about twenty or twenty, maybe even thirty two. You have like a like a basically a World Cup. Um, which I think was for me would be a would be very cool. All right, moving on to the Grand Prix that I missed. All right, this is gonna be fun. Uh, which I missed obviously Vegas, which was the big one for me, and Abu Dhabi. Now Vegas, I want to start with Vegas because Abu Dhabi's there was a couple of battles, but I want to focus on Vegas um more. I I feel like. The things that we expected to, to do well was a letdown, but the things we didn't expect it to do well went so well. Let me explain. So on the Friday, there was, uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a 
a pothole incident. There was a drain. Um, Carlos Sainz ran over a drain, and that caused damage to his car. He had a 10-place grid penalty. There was a bunch of controversy between uh, the FI and, Fer- and Ferrari. And basically, everyone was cancelled, and then no one showed up for FP2. Because of that, the people who bought an F1 ticket in the grandstands, they could not watch FP2. So they watched like eight minutes of F1 action and they paid like 700 quid. How much was that Las Vegas F1 ticket? Las, wait, Las Vegas General Admission F1. Let's see. Yeah, let's do 2024 because maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit worse. Okay. Tickets. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it's for the Thursday. So this is for the practice. Uh, just one ticket. Three hundred and thirty-eight. Four hundred. Um, one thousand to sit near the sphere. Three thousand in the in the Mirage Zone. The paddocks, the Champions Club is twenty thousand dollars a person. So it's eight thousand for the paddock zone. Six thousand for the South Coval zone. Mirage is three thousand. The sphere is two thousand. Are you serious? It's the standing general admission tickets are four hundred dollars. And they watch nine minutes of F1. That is an absolute ripoff. That is a ripoff. That is a ripoff. Imagine you pay four hundred dollars. Let's say you live in the UK. You you pay four hundred dollars to go watch Las Vegas. Maybe you see a couple of celebrities, and you go and you go win a bit win a bit of money at the casino. You go, uh, you fin- you win some money at the casino. You spend it on a ticket, and you watch nine minutes of F one. That's it. That's not even funny. That's a that's a robbery. That is a pure daylight robbery. I feel for those fans. And you know what the funny thing is? They didn't even get a refund. They got a little voucher for the F one store, which let's be real, even the voucher wouldn't. Would, would stop them from wasting a lot of money. Like, what's that? Are you 400? Like, w- what would you buy with that? What would you buy with, um, like, I think it was a 50%. What, what was it? 50% of their thing would be uh, an F1 store voucher. You could buy, like, three things for that, for the F1 store. Oh, my God, this spot is so expensive. Anyway, after the Thursday evening or the, pra- or the practice session, we had the qualifying on the Saturday, which was pretty interesting, actually. Sergeant, uh, Logan Sargent qualified sixth on the grid. I have such a temptation to say the um, the, the Kevin James NASCAR American meme. But I'm not I'm not going to because... Uh, no, nah, I, I, I'm not fully American yet. I, I might live in the US, but I'm not fully American yet. Um, well, obviously, it was Max Verstappen going on pole position. I think it was, uh, oh no, 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 it was Charles on pole position, my bad. Charles Leclerc on pole position. Uh, it was a Fry, it was actually Ferrari 1 2, but Sainz got a grit, had the grid penalty, as I said earlier. So Verstappen was second, and then we had the Williams of Albon, and uh, I think it was fifth, and then Sergeant sixth. Um, so yeah, overall, so far, so good. Vegas isn't doing that bad, um, and maybe people are getting a run for the money. But then we had the Sunday which was absolute chaos, and I loved it. First of all, it was chaos on even before the lights went out, because, how am I going to say this? Let me let me explain it for you, um, for the people who don't have Sky F1. So basically, there's this commentator called Martin Brundle, 
who is really well respected. He was teammates with Michael Schumacher. He's like he's a really respected commentator. And before and he works obviously for this for Sky. And before every race, he goes on the grid, he talks to some of the drivers, and because there's, there's a lot of celebrities on the F1 grids now, he goes talk with he goes to talk with them. And basically on the grid, guess I mean, apart from Zlatan and um, Kylie Minogue, Shaq was there as well. And he's um, good friends with the Red Bull team. So he was taking pictures with the Red Bull team. Actually, not. let me play it. He was taking pictures with the Red Bull team. Uh, and then Martin tried to talk him. Let me, let me play it for you. I'm gonna, I, was, I was just going to photobomb that. We've got Christian there. There's Christian on tiptoes. Uh, I'm not really allowed in there, am I? Uh, is he up for a chat? If not, I'm going to go to back to the front of the grid. Let's have a quick look at the back, see if there's any work. There's no work going Wait on for right it. there. So they're obviously just precautionary checks they were doing on the back of um, on the back of uh, this beautiful, look at this beautiful. Sir, thank you for coming to have a chat with us. How are you doing? Lewis Hamilton, baby. Okay, well there, there you go. That's all you need to say. Lewis Hamilton, baby. The way he tries to style it off is so funny. He's just like, oh, Lewis, that's all we need to know. Lewis Hamilton, baby. But it shows the sort of, well, it's one, it's one thing I wanted to point about a lot of the time because a lot of people a lot of times when i go on other podcasts and i talk about um like i'm like Amer- they ask me about american like american f1 and like how's f1 growing in the u.s they it's still it's it's growing people like there's more of the casual viewers watching it and obviously the american races pull in numbers but when it has when it comes to actual knowledge about the sport it's sort of just it's still just lewis hamilton and 19 other people like they don't, they don't really know anything else. Like these celebrities who know nothing about F one are being allowed onto the grid for free, um, when most people would have to pay like eight thousand. We just saw it. They had to pay eight thousand, eight thousand out of their own pockets, and they know a lot more about F one than those celebrities. I, I, I genuinely think that if you asked um, Shaq who Max Verstappen was, you say it's a is uh, a brand of vodka. Or something like that. I, it's not that I'm angry that there's like service on the grid. I'm actually fine about it. I like that DJ Khaled, maybe not DJ Khaled. I like that Shaq's there. I like that MJ's there. I like like David Beckham's there. I just want them to have a little bit of knowledge about what's going on. Not just oh, what I don't know why I'm doing here. This is just some sort of corporate event. Just have a little bit of knowledge about what's going on. I have a bit of interest. Have a little bit of interest, like. Tim Cook, remember the Apple CEO with like that meme where he was waving, he was doing the checkered flag at um Austin, I think it was last year, and he just had no energy. He was he was just waving it like it was like it was nothing. So I just wanted them to have a little bit, I'm not gonna say passion, but a little bit more interest in the sport. Because if they don't have that, then what are we really doing? What are we really saying this growing for? Anyway, it was pretty eventful. Um, there was a pretty controversial overtake at the start. Um, Max Verstappen. Between Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc, Verstappen pushed him off, even though Leclerc was ahead, uh, and then Verstappen got a, th- a five-second penalty for that. When I think, in my opinion, he probably should have got, uh, he should have been ha- had to give the position back to Charles, purely because of the fact that we got a three-way fight for the lead, and it would have been a lot more interesting to see Charles, uh, see Max chase Charles than to for Charles to chase Max, because that's pretty real. No one's going to overtake Max Verstappen. Apart from Charles, he actually overtook him midway through the race. 
although Max Verstappen overtook him again. But then Charles, at the end of the race, on the final lap, in the last zone he could do it, he overtook Perez to take second place. Legend. Absolutely. It shows when the car's not against him. He can really do anything. Like in um, Brazil, when he crashed on the formation lap, and then Perez got beaten on the line by Alonso, and then Charles here then beats Perez by overtaking him pretty much the last corner he could have done so. I think, first of all, it shows that Leclerc, when he's given the right car, could be a championship contender. But it also shows that Perez is really under vulnerability for that Red Bull seat. Like, next season, I think, is going to be pretty interesting because no drivers change. But the season after, for 2025, there's going to be a lot of changes. I think Perez is going to get ousted. He's definitely not signing a new contract. Um, who, else, who else is going to go? I don't think Hamilton will go. I don't think Russell will go either. Uh, I could see Lando maybe going. I, I mean, I don't think he will. But Lando could go. Um, I, I mean, Stroll could get ousted. I wanted to get ousted because I want a better driver to come in. Um, I'm actually going to do all of this. I'm probably going to do a, a predictions video for us all. And I'm also going to be reacting to my F1 predictions in a um, separate podcast later. But now, I have, uh, I have, I have a very, um, yeah, this is a pretty special announcement. To celebrate us hitting 3,000 uh, plays on Spotify, I have decided that, I mean, I was going to do a Q&A, but you guys didn't really want that. So I've decided that I'm going to create a new series. Oh, yes, it's that time again. So you know how I think it was a couple of years, not a couple of years ago, I think a year ago, I did this special stories um, series. This one's going to be pretty similar. Not similar, but it's going to be a different topic. Uh, but it's also going to be about different moments in um, F1 and cricketing history. It's going to be called the What If series. I couldn't really, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I couldn't think of a better name. Um, so basically, what we're going to do is going to be six episodes. And we're going to be go three from F1, three from, um, uh, three from cricket. And we're going to be uh, saying what would have happened if these uh, scenarios were switched. So basically, let's say uh, f the first episode is what happened if the ball went over the line um, in whatever in case. We'd say what would happen, what would have happened when if the ball went over the line and what would have been the repercussions of that. Uh, personally, I think this, this is going to be a really fun series. I, I love doing this sort of series. It's all like spin-offs. Um, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy it because I'm definitely going to enjoy it. I love, I love doing this. I, I, I already said that, but I love sort of getting you guys engaged and allowing you guys to sort of really take control of the podcast because this is this is your podcast. Like I'm, I'm not presenting it, but you guys really have the control over what you want to see on this, what on, what you want to see, and what you want me to talk about. So please keep getting involved and keep. Um, giving me like feedback on what you guys want to see because uh, my main goal as I said earlier was to make you guys happy um and yeah uh, hopefully I'm doing that with this series um so that will be in our next episode where I'll also be doing my um f1 reacting to my f1 2023 predictions uh I'm not gonna be making a set for 2024 that's gonna come out in a later episode but for now that's gonna be it from me uh, I will see you guys very soon, and I hope you guys have a very good rest of your day. Uh, but for now, it's bye for me.